All right, what's your favorite animated movie? Ooh, ooh, Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse? Oh, hell yeah. Such Why? a good film. Oh, um, just recently on, on TikTok, there has been so many, like, videos, like, pick po- uh, pinpointing, like, all the little minute details that you might have missed. And it's so, to, like, to the point of it, like, there's so many d- details that they add in that you wouldn't even notice, but once you do, it just makes it so much better. It's it's such a good film. Hello. Such a good question. Damn, well done. Really <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I picked that one. You're welcome, Jared. <laughs> All right, what about you, Jared? Um, brave. Brave. You know, you know that one about the, the Scottish lady with the bow? I love that movie. I love that movie. I just watched it like three days ago. For like the thousandth time, I just yeah. I, I just can't not not watch it. No, it's it's, it's brilliant. Um, I, I do watch it myself, so like I love when I got to see it in that, and then because it's it's about like I guess Scottish history, culture, blah blah blah. Being from Ireland, it's very similar, so it was fun to watch. Oh, cool! Yeah, I love I love both of those movies. Those are actually good picks. Good choice. Good choice, Thomas. Good choice. Thank you, thank you, man, Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Take a Space Podcast. I am your host, Leah. I am joined today by the lads at Awfully Irish, Jared and Thomas. Thank you so much for being here. Our pleasure. Thank you. Why don't you introduce yourself to the people a little bit about your podcast? Thomas, go ahead. Oh, no, Jared. Please, I I insist. please, after you. Oh, no, I I wouldn't. Gentlemen, please. Ladies first, man, please. As God is my witness, age four people. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, like I, I'm Jerry from the Alfie Rice Podcast. We we did 140 episodes um, in a row, like day by day. We, we didn't skip a beat at the start of the pandemic, and until recently, we we, we didn't realize that that was insane. And we're cut down to three. Um, you know, we started off with three hosts. We got, ended up narrowing down to two. Um, not out of a, not out of anything bad, just because. Myself and Thomas do media, and the other guy wanted to study marine biology. So it wasn't beneficial for, you know, the path he was going on. Um, but yeah, we interview people from, from all across the world. Um, so we talk to comedians, actors, um, athletes, doctors, uh, dietitians fairly recently. We talk to everyone. Stoners. Yeah. <laughs> we have some amazing guests, and many of which you would have heard of. So, yeah. And I'm Thomas. that is wild so i was looking um i was looking at your catalog listening to some of your episodes and i was trying to figure out i was like how many episodes are they putting out per week this is where at what point do you have time to live like like, (laughs) that's that's a lot of content In in just a few short months that is I mean, good grief! What at what point were you all shut down, or did you ever got? Did you guys ever go to, into lockdown? Oh, we're still in lockdown. Right? Oh, you're still <laughs> in lockdown. Um, we went to lockdown. The first lockdown we went into was March. Me and Jared were still in school at the time. We were still in the equivalent of high school over there. Um, we were about to set our exams. Our exams got cancelled very last second. I say very last second. No, yeah, very last second. They kept postponing them. Like I think we were the year that was going to do leaving it for the longest. Whereas other years they just do it in what what month is it? July that the leaving starts done. 
June, July, yes. and then we were we were planning to hit ours in October, but then they cancelled it. People, too many people complained. Too many people got under the skin of the government, and that was cancelled. And then, as it was cancelled, me and Jared thought it'd be really funny. Me, Jared, and Dara. Big shout out to Dara. We love you, sir. Um, kind of sat down. We were we were good friends. We played a lot of Warzone during lockdown together. You know, a lot of online games, and we had all been in the same school as each other. I sat beside Jared and Irish, and then. Me and Dara, we go back years. Like, um, we kind of just said, wouldn't it kind of be fun just to talk to, just to start a podcast, see where it goes with it, you know? And then, first couple of episodes, we didn't really know what to do. And then, we just kind of found our groove, you know, thought interviewing people, famous people, whatever, you know, thought it'd be fun. And Jared came up with this really good idea that it, it could be daily. And, uh, <laughs> You know, the, the three months we spent doing it daily still haunts me every day. It was and... actually more than five months. Ah, <sighs> oh, it's terrible. Yeah. I said it was terrible. That's it was fun. So it many gave me something. It was the best five yes. months ever. I learned so much. It gave us something so to do during the lockdown. You know, we were talking to our friends every day. It gave us a reason to get out of bed. You know, it was just... Yeah. It was good. It was good. So your no, initial lockdown was like five five months, and then what happened after that? Did you did you guys ever finish? Did you yeah, or did finished. you guys have to go to like virtual school? Uh, all, all virtual. So, um, what happened? So first lockdown ended for summer, so we were out of it. We were in level one, so it's, it's like a level. Two. So we're in level five right now, which is like no shops, no barbers. Well, I say shops, no 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 non essential shops. No barbers, no anything open. Level one, barbers were open. You could go see your friends. You could go, if you were social distancing, you were wearing a mask, it was all good. You know, a couple of la- like, Jerry came over once or twice. We watched fights, because that's what we do. Yeah, you know, it's, it's entertaining. You know, it's, it's, it's well, yeah, it's entertaining. Um, and then went back into it for October, came out for it for two weeks during Christmas, and we're stuck in a lockdown since Christmas Eve or Christmas and Day, one of them. Valentine's and had to be spent not alone. Left. And it was spent alone for me and all <laughs> us other. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it's, it's hard times, hard times here. But uh, to talking to the people, uh, we get to live vicariously through them, you know, hearing their stories and, you know, sharing with other people. So, yeah. So now, how many episodes are you all putting out a week? Three. It's we do three, three episodes, and then we do two live streams. So also during, we because we already played video games with each other, we just thought, wouldn't it be fun if we could like live stream? People might like it, and they did. So we live streamed COD. We did a lot of cool games, you know. We yeah. And then we kind of took a step back from live streaming, more focus on making episodes, but then, so every Tuesday we have a virtual pub talk, which is the one you were at the other day. You popped in, you said hello to us, mm. yeah. which is where me and Jared sit down. We invite our friends in, just have a, a laugh, a chat, whatever. Pop and talk. then every Saturday is Jared has a solo show where he interviews comedians, he interviews friends. Yeah, Big shout out Red, I'm, Paul Rosemary. We have this kind of thing going on every Saturday. Uh, you know, one of us will do a show. Thomas, fair play to him. Um, he, he's going to do a fundraiser. Um, 
th- this Saturday coming. I did. Oh, nice. My own my own show uh, last Saturday uh, with Paul Roseberry. Shout out to him, great comedian. Oh. Yeah, I'm doing a, a charity stream on Saturday. I'm going to be playing zombies for eight hours. So donate. I will leave. <laughs> I, don't, I usually say I'd leave a link, but this isn't my channel. So <laughs> don't go. follow me. No. <laughs> no, if you share it, we'll actually, we'll put it on our stories. Like absolutely, it's a support. Um, so one of the things that you guys wanted to talk about today was the influence of culture of U.S. culture in Ireland. And I think that sometimes in the United States, we kind of get bogged down with the differences in different cultures because we've gone from just uh, an array of different cultures to to trying to be a melting pot because there is a form of assimilation that is deemed appropriate in order to be successful in the United States. But I think that with uh, the with diff- with social media being a huge push, um, especially here, we get to see how important the differences of different cultures are. Do you all see the influence of the United States, or how much influence has the United States does the United States have in Ireland? Bigger than you'd think. I mean, all our social media that we use over here in Ireland is American-made Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Like, there's no Irish social media app. And if there is one, it is not as big as all the ones you guys have. So, you know, that's number one. All our social media is American culture. So it's Mm -hmm. all... Then then you think of films, TV show. I'm a huge fan of Star Wars, Marvel. Do you know what I mean? All Mm -hmm. made in America. You can just see how big, like, my heroes, you know? guys from over in the US like it's yeah. mad how small that Irish uh, culture has over Ireland because it, America has just it's kind of sweep the floor swept the floor so it's, it's mad yeah <laughs> like another thing I remember I said to you earlier Leah um, like I know people who aren't on speaking terms anymore because of the US election recently and that's amazing to me yeah. because we've nothing to do with the states so so, like, I'll, I'll say it right now, guys. Biden's not my president. I'm Irish. <laughs> right, right. You know, it's just, like, it, it, it's, it's amazing that people just couldn't see past, like, that it's just the states. Like, literally, no matter who wins, you know, Leah, you could have won. I, it would make no difference to us. The <laughs> <laughs> only president I'll be claiming is Miggledy Higgledy. What a man. What a lad. <laughs> I think that it's it's interesting that, you know, the whole uh issue of are you for are you for Trump, are you from Biden, or which one are you for, or you know, which way do you lean, they turn that from voting for a specific person to tying it to what your beliefs are. And if you can support this person, then I can no longer have a relationship with you. And I think that's interesting that it not only, oh gosh, ruined relationships here in the U.S., but in Ireland? Amazing. Yeah. But so That doesn't even happen with our own government. I, I, someone who likes Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael, like, this, they, don't, they don't care. They actually do not care. Like, if you like Sinn Féin or even the National Party, 
No, maybe national party's a bit bad, but uh, yeah, <laughs> people really don't care. They really don't care. But when it came to the states, it was you know, there were people like I don't know, like sharing a bunch of posts for for Biden to win and stuff. Like, so what? Like your your two hundred Irish followers might check that out. <laughs> like, but we were also saying how weird it was at the time that there's only two big parties. Like over here in Ireland, we have like three or four. Maybe even more. Like we have a couple, but do you know what well, I mean? Wasn't it last year stuff. the first time that a third party ever won? In uh, the Green Ireland. Party, yeah, the no. Green Party, right? No, uh, what Fianna Fáil? Sinn Fein, remember? Well, they, 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 they won, Fianna Gael, and then Sinn Fein was the first ever. Yeah, they won the... in majority vote, but like they didn't win. They're not in government, sadly. Yeah. You know, they didn't know. We they didn't have enough people, vote. didn't they? No. But anyway, it's yeah, weird how our thing binary works. system's weird. Civil war politics yeah. is quite weird. Yeah, it's this whole two-party system people have been trying to get rid of. They've been trying to get rid of the um, electoral college for some time because of issues in county people's votes and not just uh, county people's votes, but there's like voter suppression. There's a lot that goes on, especially with uh, the U.S. And it's interesting that you bring in social media, because I think that's something that we don't necessarily really think about. If every if there are American-made uh, social media platforms, then of course, like, America is going to have a greater influence. Mm-hmm. Um, just like TikTok was made in China, or was TikTok made? China. Uh, yeah, China. China. Yes. TikTok being made in China, it's, it's going to have that influence. And I think that having um and then there's a couple of other social media platforms like clubhouse and that where a lot of people don't necessarily have access but if it's if it's made in a certain country that country is going to have influence especially uh especially going into other countries do you think that it's more of a positive or negative influence do you feel like you're losing your culture or positive absolutely gone down oh our our culture is absolutely so minuscule the only what do you mean thing that really brings up our culture now is i would say is the fla which is like uh it's like a music kind of festival the where the language yeah like the language is dying out there they're, they're trying to in all fairness amen I, I love the irish language but it's not they, they were thinking about taking it off our syllabus like learning the irish language that's done uh, that? that? yeah yeah well, well there's scottish uh, gaelic and then there's irish gaelic it's irish oh, gaelic okay. yeah it's called but gaelic. like very little people actually know. You study Irish for fourteen years over here, and people can barely like form a sentence together. It's I'm allowed to swear. Oh God, sorry if I'm not allowed to swear. It's okay. I'll bleep it out. It's fine. Are you sure? Oh, yes. I can't wait to watch. This. I, I've never seen myself <laughs> being bleeped. Stop! 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 stop. Yeah. No, sorry, sorry. I'm I'm causing extra for you. Yeah. My apologies. <laughs> I'm a child, as you can see. Um, but no, people can't form a sentence together in Irish. It's it's crazy how badly it's taught but um I'm, i presume if they actually taught it a bit better that people would what do you like so captain to shin hummus um malone lachris you know what i mean man? You know? Girl yeah 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 but uh, just for context, we said stuff like lunch and sausages in that sentence. Yeah, we, we said talking. random words. I asked him why <laughs> so, does he think like, that, and he answered with sausage. You know, just a bit of fun. But um, 
but yeah look the Irish language is kind of dying like we, for a long time and I I have nothing against English people it's just that they, they were here for a long time and for a long period of their history being here they uh, they, they suppressed Irish culture uh, to a point of you know near extinction with the Irish language and you know rough rough times rough times were had here you know the famine you know we, we were starving to death and they didn't really care yeah stuff like that um but yeah, that was back in the day, but it obviously still has long lasting effects. I mean, yeah. yeah, because even though like, and this is this is the interesting part is that a lot of what, and I and I see the mirroring happening, happening with um, a lot of Irish culture. Like there are some pockets that I've seen people try to bring back to life uh, with the language, with the festivals. And it's very similar to not, exactly the same, but it's very similar to the black experience in America because we don't have that direct connection to our culture with whatever country we were, we were brought here from, um, you know, in the, during the slave trade. And we have, we've been pretty much told that we have to assimilate to certain culture in order to be successful. And should we fail to do that, then we will pretty much live in poverty, die out, won't be able to achieve any sort of, you know, happiness or anything. Do you feel as the younger generation that it is your duty to keep that part of your life alive and continuing that um, and continuing your culture? Or are you willing to just take on whatever, whatever you have on hand as your new culture? Oh, I, I hope they never let the Irish language die out. I'll be really sad if they put, stop putting it on the syllabus as badly as, as it is taught. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really hope they continue to push yeah. that. And even during Irish class, we learned Irish dancing. You know, I, I was taught how to play the tin whistle when I was younger. They used to do that. And like, I think they still do it in primary schools. They, they you bring it, you come in a day, they bring in your tin whistle. You learn the national anthem. Like it's, it's cool. It's nice. I hope they don't, I hope they continue to teach it to kids in school because like, I think I still have a tin whistle here. Like, you know, I still play it on my, t- like, it's fun. Uh, it's tune? cool. Um, I would, man, but I would probably definitely. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, as, as long as I'm living, I'll, I'll be bringing Irish along with me. Um, yeah. You know, it's different when you know your culture. Like, that's that's a big difference with, I guess, the black experience in, in America versus uh, the Irish experience. You know, like, I know, I know, I can, I can trace all this stuff back, but I guess in, in yeah. your situation, as weird as like, you you wouldn't know where to track your ancestry from, would you? Like, um, I can probably go back for five generations. I can probably go back five generations, but mm-hmm. at but like anything before that, it kind of gets a little dicey, mm. which is yeah. awful. Like, it's 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 awful not knowing where you're from. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's horrible. Because then you're you go to school and you're taught that well we just fell from the sky as slaves and we were um, we are forced into this servitude because that's what the purpose of our lives are is to be of service and that's essentially it until you learn about the um, the empires you learn about why the slave trade occurred and the purpose of everything happening and where we were even before that and so. And that wasn't even until college that you learn any of that. 
And in, but in high, if you if you only go to high school and you don't read any other books or talk to any of your elders, that's essentially what you know is that you know your people just fell from the sky as slaves and you're here to be of service, mm-hmm. and not that you know you're creative Gosh. and you have yeah exactly. I, exactly. I remember learning that. I remember learning that. We we learned about the slave trade back in primary school, which is like no, we were in fifth, sixth class, like eleven. Well, we didn't do that in my class. Well, like we, I don't know, it's probably different. No, we learned a lot of stuff. We did a lot of stuff in primary school that was deep. We we did MLK, like we did JFK. We did a lot of stuff. But like again and again, it's all a lot of it is American, which is really weird. Again, you know, like a lot of our history that we learned during when we were young is American. It's mad. That's interesting. Yeah, I I only learned about um you all's culture probably in college it was probably in college because it was even in world history the only thing that i can remember that we learned was uh potatoes famine looking for work and being treated as less than that's all i know about like coming out of high school but like in college we got to have a more holistic worldview of what other countries were going through and the impact of imperialism. Potatoes. I, I hear. We've, we have a friend named Red. Whenever he sees me, he just immediately brings up the famine and potatoes. He's such a dick. I <laughs> well, like, it's, not, it's, not, it's not offensive. No, like, it's not offensive at all. It's, it's, it's just, it's a, look at you, Thomas, you're Irish potatoes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know you're watching well, this. So. <laughs> ah, okay. just, just shout haggis at him. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, look, we, we, had, we had a dodgy time over here, but I'd be I'd be very well in, right in saying that you had it a bit worse. Yeah, I mean, I can I can appreciate that you know other people were that of like what the times were and what the impacts were, and um, and not feel that we have to compare hurts because we're still trying to get to the point of equity, right? It, it's like, we're not even seen as, and, and of course, everybody kind of like stood at a standstill, which I thought was just like a beautiful moment of the world just coming together um, after we saw George Floyd getting murdered last year. And we get to see like the systemic and systematic, you know, genocide that happens, especially here and how other people, other people of African descent in other countries are treated, you know what I mean? And so it's it's just interesting that sometimes for the sake of not wanting to be offensive, people are not necessarily willing to speak up. And while, you know, there's this saying of like, smile, you're white, like you're fine. There's still some hurts and some things that you have that you have to overcome even though, yeah, you are white, you have a culture that's essentially dying out and the new the new wave is to be immersed in American culture. So it's like you trying to make sure that you keep your your culture alive. And there are some there are some villages, some people who died out. There's a there's a community of I want to say 200 people. I think it's less than 200 people in South America where their languages are dying out because less than 200 people know how to speak it. Yeah. It's horrible. Look, it's, it's horrible. And no, it is. Well, the, the, the last mono 
uh, lingual Irish speaker died like what 50 years ago maybe 60 like the last guy who only knew how to speak Irish because his whole community was only Irish speaking he mm -hmm. died off fairly recently or yeah. 50 years recently you know really but, uh, language is dying is rough like they're dying constantly but I I don't know like you have to speak it to keep it live but yeah realistically the language of business which is we're speaking here you know, like two Irish guys and you being from the States, we're, we're obviously talking in, in English and, you know, neither of us from England. Uh, but, you know, it's just, it's just the business yeah. language. And right. If you want to be successful in, I guess, this modern day, you want to be either speaking French, German or English. So that kind of goes to the point of assimilation. And that's why I want to ask if you have that in your culture. So with a lot of everybody being on social media, and a lot of the social media coming from the U.S., do you feel that there is a sense of assimilation, whether it be um, to the English when they occupied a lot of your space and still do in some areas, but with it being more Americanized, especially on when you are, you know, presenting yourself to an audience on social media and a lot of your audience could be from America, do you feel that there's a sense of assimilation that you have to live up to? I don't feel the same pressure as I guess others might feel because they, they, they are coming to see two Irish lads chat garbage with, with someone like the Irish accent does help. Yeah. Um, but look, I, I love American culture. I love American people. Um, like I, I've, been, I've been there a number of times. I, I love the place. Um, but that's just, that just my experience with it. Um, no, 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 no pressure to, to assimilate really. Um, like, look, I, I live in Ireland. It, it's like a f thousands of miles away. We're, I'm, we're pretty a okay here. Um, like, we're not going to be stormed by the U.S. military or something if we don't <laughs> have a transatlantic a a accent or something. But uh, no, it's 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 grand. Um, even with the English stuff, there still is a bit of, of hatred for the English in Ireland. Like, naturally enough, you know. The Good Friday Agreement only ended like in the last thirty years, or only started in the last thirty thirty years. Like, there's people who still want the North to be back in Ireland, but um, I mean, it's up to people who live there, absolutely, and without without a doubt. Because the northern part of Ireland is still occupied by the English, is it not? Some would feel it's not occupied. Some feel it's just where they live and it's part of the UK. Um, but it, it depends on your perspective. I, I used to be really hardcore into. You know, it should be ours, but mm -hmm. I've grown up a little bit. Like, you, you don't earn it or something. It's just like, if the people living there want to stay as part of the UK, what say I living in, you know, the middle of Ireland? It doesn't make a difference to me, really. Um, if, they, if, that, if they consider the UK to be their home, absolutely. Power to them. Okay. Well, actually, Thomas? Uh, no, yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing, Jared. If they, if, if, Say Tyrone or Armagh wanted to come back to Ireland, let them at it, you know. But if they're if they're happy where they are, which they must be, like you know, I have no what 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 say do I, me living in the Midlands, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel any pressures to assimilate, especially being on social media or um, trying to attract an audience? Mm. I'm not really, I'm not really sure what that means. I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of assimilating. Okay. So to, to assimilate means to uh, essentially 
take on the main culture. So for instance, uh, assimilation in corporate America, it's, there's this, there's this thing that black people do uh, to assimilate. So we may straighten our hair. Uh, we may speak with a different diction or dialect. Um, we may, uh, our body language is going to be different. We'll dress very differently um, to be a part of the culture because in corporate America, you have suits and white men with straight or short hair. Um, you have women who are very uh, modestly dressed with low heels or sometimes high heels, but very like pencil skirts and business suits and things like that. And in like my hair, I have locks. They're not really considered corporate America uh, friendly. You know, there's there's been there's been lawsuits over it because people have been fired or not given a job because of their hair or because of the way they talk. Like, for instance, there's this thing called code switching. And I haven't done my interview voice in a long time uh, recorded. So hold on. <clears throat> Let me see if I can get into it. Hi, thank you for calling. My name is Leah. How can I help you? That's the way I would talk if I were in corporate America. And it's okay. just like, it's, no, it's no, just I, that I, kind I, of switch that happens. Um, no, that, no, I wouldn't. Because I, I may, for you maybe, I maybe sound funny, but this is how I speak all the time. Like, uh, And I probably don't have the harshest of Irish accents, but probably a bit stronger than Jared's, maybe. Yeah. I mean... It, it really depends. Like, if you're getting a bit angry, like, it does come out... Well, oh yeah, if I'm angry, I'll come out and I'll start. We've an episode coming out Wednesday. I'm Irish, but like to be honest, it's like yeah. no, um, no, I don't. You know, I just, I guess people might come and they might think. Sometimes we get comments like, "You guys are Irish. I love that. And that's that's cool." Because yeah, we are. But to be honest, it doesn't make a difference. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of do me, and me is me. So yeah, yeah. And if you don't like it, you don't have to watch us. That, that's that's totally no. Cool. You don't have to. Watch that's it. true. That's, that's true. Now we recommend it highly, but then we do apologize. <laughs> Sorry in advance. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I apologize. But yeah, no, like, yeah. I, I like the way corporate America is changing now. Like, yes. Absolutely. You know, like, does it really even have to be like as corporate as they make it out to be? Like, you see people who work it from home who would make more than people in these high end jobs, or yep. they like. Especially nowadays, with working at home, like, and you get to see like people. I guess I don't know what you call them. I don't know what, what you call them to be right. Like you know, like the, the reggae kind of locks. What do you call those? Uh, dreadlocks. Dreadlocks. Yeah, you get okay. to see like lads in suits with those, and they like look super cool. Or yeah. you know, even on on the white side, you know, like lads with like like blonde long hair, looking all Nordic and Viking like in suits. Like a, a suit is what you make it, but if you don't want to wear it shouldn't be shouldn't be made to, if i want to show up to work in a hoodie and sweatpants it's not it's obviously it's not the best attire for a corporate job but i don't see why it makes a big difference a lot of america is about the pageantry if you think about if you think about like award ceremonies or weddings or any event it's a lot about pageantry mm -hmm. and that has translated into like day-to-day -day life so when you go to work it's about the pageantry. And that's why there's like this micro aggressions of passive aggressive emails. And because you want to be nice, but you want to be nasty nice. 
So I'm going to tell you that you don't know what you're doing, but I'm going to tell you in a very corporate friendly way that, hey, maybe we should circle back to this once you have time to actually read the email that I sent you three days ago. And I'll attach it here just in case you missed it. But I guess that like stems from all over the world. Like even if you want to look at non-European examples, like the Ottomans back in the day, they they dress as fancy as they could to make like appearances. Um, even if you go to ancient China, you know, like the, you know, like they were wearing like the finest of silks and so on. Yeah, I guess, I guess it's just in culture around the world. You want to look your best, um, and it, it helps show authority if you're in a if you're just I don't know if you're in a job that requires it. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that it's. I think it that the depends. the pageantry of it is. We're kind of getting away of that, and people are able to own who they are and present their authentic self, so that we don't have to diminish who we are. Like a lot of my blackness, I have to put away, uh, or had to previously at other jobs put away in order to be seen as successful in those other jobs. So I used to wear my hair straight. I used to make sure that, you know, if I had braids that I would take them out before I would show up to work or whatever the case may be. Uh, But now I think that with, it's even before the work from home thing started, it was more so a push for having, for elevating black voices and other people of color so that we don't feel like okay we have to assimilate so that we can we can get along and and have some semblance of success in America we can actually you know be who we are authentically and yes there's still issues there's you know um the school to prison pipeline we have uh housing housing issues where we can't get like i think it's the number is like of black Americans own homes opposed to 74% of white Americans, but they don't see the disparity or why we can't achieve that. Um, The average earning for a black couple is about 50% of that of a white couple. It's crazy. And so it's, and so in that they, there's a, well, I need to stand up and, and say something, stand up and make my voice heard so that I can, hopefully break through some glass ceiling so that the next generation coming up doesn't have to fight the same fight we've been fighting for the last 60 years. And what do you attribute that to? What do you mean? Which part? Because, like, I guess maybe give me a benefit of the doubt. Like, when I talk to most people, like, no matter what, what color their skin is or their background, we all seem to get along. I like to think employers are the same. Yeah. Why, why, why do you think that, like, black Americans have a rougher time I, okay, so it's not necessarily you and I getting along, right? It's not if you were if you were American, it's not the two of us getting along. There are systems that have been put in place that prevent me from being as successful as you would be, because even uh, in the workplace, hmm? even in the workplace. Even so. in the workplace. So um, I talk about this quite a lot with uh, among my peers, and as a black woman. I can exhibit the same um, traits as a white man. I can be um, assertive. I can be um, unyielding, but willing to compromise on on the smallest of details. Um, I can be. I can have. I can be a self starter. Um, I can be bold, and all these things that will be seen as 
great attributes on a white man, but as a black woman, I turn it turns into a negative thing where I'm aggressive, I'm harsh, I'm too direct, I'm or, or the, all or these things. Thing people say That's exactly, yeah, and so because of those things, it holds me back a lot of times, mm-hmm. and um, and not just me, but uh, other other women. And while we do have, uh, we are able to be a little bit more successful now. But before, you know, it was just like in a lot of the a lot of the work that we get is kind of cleanup. There's an article called The Black Cinderella where we're told to be strong black women. We're told to be, oh, don't worry about it. Like, I'll be the one to stand up for everybody. Um, I'll clean up the mess that everybody makes and all these things. And a lot of black women experience like, that like physically or like, um, like, like conversationally. Um, like I, I'm not co- sure. are, you, are you talking about the workplace? Or are you talking in the about workplace? Friends? In the okay. workplace, not like, not like, um, not like, oh, somebody made a mess in the kitchen. I'm going to clean it up. But no, yeah. somebody messed up on an account, no. and I'm going to do my best to try to save it. Okay. Or there's a there's a new policy that's being enacted. People will look to the black woman to speak up in that moment to say, hey, this isn't going to work for everybody. And so that has been something that has happened regularly because we do speak up for ourselves. So they want us to speak up for them as well. So um, I think that with a lot of the the issues, not just in corporate America, but also in home buying, in and I'll and I'll say it like this: let's let's break it down to cars. Not even thirty years ago, there were. Um, people who were coming forward who used to work in um, lending. So whether it's auto lending, home lending, et cetera, where they would, they would say that the company would ask whether or not this person is um, white, black, um, Asian. And there was another one, Pacific, Asian Pacific Islander. There's another one. Cause, cause being Hispanic was only under white at that point. So that, if you were, that confuses me as a European. Yeah. It's yeah. I Dominican, a lot of Dominican people recognize themselves as white of Hispanic descent. So even though they look like me, they, that's, that's how they identify because of the way it's because of the way it was listed. Right. So during that time, if you were black, you would have to have a higher credit score in order to get a decent loan. So the amount of loan, the amount of interest on our loans are a lot higher. And it's, mm-hmm. um, and it's been said because it's been proven, it's better to be a poor white family than a middle-class black family because you have more access to resources in America. So it's not the conversations that we have between each other that say, oh, racism is not a thing, but it's the systems that have been put in place that prevent us from buying outside our neighborhood because if we live in a certain zip code we cannot then purchase in different zip codes like banks just won't approve a loan for other zip codes because that's more of a white neighborhood and we don't approve anybody black to go there there were um there have been recent news um spotlights where i just saw a family from my home state black family uh, was looking to upgrade their house, put $400,000 in upgrades into their home. They originally bought it at uh, 900000 
Okay. They did the upgrades and they they said that they had a person come out and saw that it was a black family, did the inspection and said that the house is appraised at one million. That's only one hundred thousand dollars more than the upgrades that they put in, right? Then the house was before they put in the upgrades. They changed the pictures in the house to be white people, and they had a friend pose as as the woman who is a white lady. And when the appraiser came back, the appraiser praised it at five hundred thousand dollars more than what it was. So, so those kinds of things are the reason why we still have. It's not. It's not because I can make friends with y'all all day, right? But if you get to, if you get to live like having to only pay three percent on interest that of a loan that you took out, but I'm paying thirteen percent. Then I'm, it doesn't matter how much money we make. Like I'm going to make less because as a black woman, I don't necessarily make as much as white men do, right? On average, so there's always going to be an issue there, and it's, the issue is not necessarily with you, but it's with the systems that have been put in place that prevent us from being as successful as our counterparts. I can't believe that story, but how is that? That it is, and the that thing is, like that's. It's not a unique story. We know we it has been redlining. If you ever get a chance to look that up, redlining has been happening since um, since houses were a thing. When the Great Migration happened um, um, after the Civil War, and I'm getting my history mixed up. I want to say after the Civil the War. So after the Civil War a bunch of like the emancipation proclamation stated that if the enslaved Africans of the South chose to fight for the union, they would get their freedom. Right. That's what the emancipation proclamation did. Anyone, any, any enslaved persons in the South who wanted to fight for the union in the North got their freedom. Not that they had freed slaves in the North, but it freed everybody in the South who wanted to fight. Once, um once this once the war was over and the union won um the enslaved persons of the south started moving north and west and so that was the great migration because if you look at the history uh enslaved persons is this a were, good thing or a bad thing i'm not sure the great migration yeah i'm not sure what angle you're going on here oh okay so um like it sounds like a good thing. Like get out of the race. Yeah. So there. yeah. So they can. So they can. So a lot of them ha- are able to get out of the South because they're not. Um, they're going to go look for their family or look for better life hmm. because they were previously enslaved, but a lot of them stayed because they didn't know anything else. So they worked for like pennies on the dollar, literally, and it was just like. So then they were sharecroppers and. Yeah, it was a whole thing. So um, by then, when new, I want to. I'm trying to think of what year it was. I want to say it was early. It was it was early in the 1900s. They started building new uh, suburbs. What are now suburbs? What are now called suburbs? And in that, uh, in the contract, the the uh, lender who was giving them the money to build the suburbs stated that no no african american could live there and the people the white people who moved in cannot sell to african americans 
So then okay. we have a lot of a lot of black people who are living in uh, hoods and ghettos and rundown areas, very very depressed areas. And when they want to, they say, okay, we, we saved enough money. We're able to move out. Okay. We got to move out of this neighborhood. Let's go to the suburbs. Well, the bank is going to approve a loan for them to go to the suburbs. They can be suburb adjacent, but they can only live where, cause it's the, it's green, red, and yellow. Those are the, those are the types of neighborhoods. And if you live in a red neighborhood, you can only move to another red neighborhood. You might for a higher fee, be able to get into a yellow neighborhood, but you can't go to a green neighborhood because it's mostly white, low crime, not really a police presence there because they're white. Like, what are you going to do? So that's so that's kind of like how how the housing is. And it's the same with cars, credit cards, anything you really need credit for because the country was essentially built on credit. So that's kind of how it is. The 1910s? Um. Uh, you know, like it was like the 1820s versus like 1950s. You know. Well, like, okay. So here, so up until 1968, because uh, 1968, I want to say 1968 or 1868 was the Civil War, and that's in. It was 1865 when um. 1865, the proclamation, the Emancipation Proclamation. And then 1868 is when the last people found out in uh, June, and that's why we celebrate Juneteenth, um, in Texas, that there were no more, like, that enslaved people were now free. Like, slave masters had to let their let their enslaved people go. And so up until then, Black people couldn't really own anything in the South. And in the North, it was very covert racism because even after uh slavery was essentially over they still had things like jail and prison where you can have free labor because in the in the constitution it says in the 13th amendment uh that no person should be a slave unless they are in prison oh that's weird and that yeah and so it's like you can you can work for you you have citizenship you can you will not be a slave to another person unless you unless you are imprisoned, and that's why we have privatized prisons. Our prisons are not necessarily public. Um, we have a lot of private prisons that um, you know benefit, like J.C. Penney. Um, there are some other stores too that benefit off of the labor of the prisoners who make like 50 cents a day or something like that. It's something wild. It's like one or two dollars a day. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the even, even the, good. yeah, there but. There could be more of a, like a rehab situation. You go in trying to get something out of it than just like being there. It's, uh, it's, it's really something weird. So here's the thing though, right? When your prison system isn't set up that way from the get go, you're not going to have that. So Police officers started as slave catchers. They would be the they would be a part of the hunting party to go catch people who ran away from their slave master's home. That's how the police started. Now so there's there was this, no police beforehand. 
No, that's that's what it was. Like in because if you okay, so when America first started, um, they brought in enslaved peoples in 1619, right? So they were bringing in enslaved people from Africa to mine to 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 work the field, till the land, all that kind of stuff, right? And then they had to then they had revolts that happened. So they had to get people to make sure that their property, the enslaved people, were were brought back to service them as as needed, right? So they had slave catchers. The slave catchers then that the title went away, but their job essentially stayed the same. So at the turn of the century in the 1900s, when um, there were not necessarily any slave catchers that were needed, we had the police departments that were supposed to protect uh, white people from, you know, the black hooligans or whatever, right? Um, we also had other uh, black people who joined the forces in hopes of protecting their communities. But if you look at slave catchers in the 1800s versus the police officers now, especially in um, more heavily populated areas with more black people, um, they are, and they'll talk about it very nonchalantly, they, they don't care about us. They come from... Um, like they had in LA when they had a black problem, they brought a bunch of people, a bunch of police officers from Alabama to LA to hunt down black people. And recent, just as recently as last year or a few months ago in North Carolina, there were police officers who were caught on tape talking about, oh, we're going to hunt down inwards. And, and it's just like, that's just, that's a part of the systems that have been put in place that really keep us uh, from achieving success. And so we may have one or two. We'll have people like Dave Chappelle, Eddie Murphy. Um, kings, absolute kings. Yeah. Yeah, Chris you know, we'll have people who come from, yeah, little nothing and be successful, right? And they'll say, oh, well, those two people were successful. Why aren't you successful? Well, that's the whole facade that you put up is that one or two people can make it, but not everybody can make it. You can look everywhere and see a successful white person, but that's not the same in a black community. You know, but we're starting to see fairness, like we're not all like sunshine and rainbows. Oh no, no, no. That's not what I'm saying, but it's just, and it's not even that your that your life is necessarily better. It's just that the access to resources that you have are greater than what our access is. Does that make sense? It's not, there's no, I have no, um, what's the word? I'm not looking at you in envy. I don't envy the lot in life that you have. I don't wish to be you. You know what I mean? It's just that the access to resources, housing, jobs, education, you know, family, all those things are not the same. And since those things are not the same, I'm wondering how we can make it a more even playground. But I don't envy white people to want to be like them. Mm. I appreciate having their perspective. Okay. Yeah. But like, if I said, how you getting on Leah? I have the magic box here and you're going to fix the world. 
how would you how would you go about it? Um, uh, like, like, like genuinely, from like your, your experience in the states, like if I said, okay, you have the power to fix these issues, mm. where do we start? Like, how, how would you go about it? Like, do you think there needs to be more diversity in these workplaces, like in banks or in police it, departments? You know what's crazy? Even if there was more diversity, um, it doesn't change people's minds, people's hearts. Change it to, to to a degree, like you know, like a, like a black officer. I, I hope isn't going to be like like those Alabama guys. You know, you I, I would be surprised how many. Who there are a lot of self hating black people. Well, that's a bit. That's more of a personal sad thing. Yeah, that's like, that's that's, that's, that's the sad bad. part. Um, that's pretty bad. I think that if I ha- if. So people, that, people that's dislike tough... themselves for being black. Is that what yeah, you're... and it comes out in ways of like, well, I'm, I have to have a mixed baby or, you know, I'm, I only date white girls or I only date uh, white guys or I only, um, I'm only in this area or I only do these things. And um, it's just, it's a weird, it's a weird thing to come across and it's very sad. Uh, but I think that, in that box would have to be something that would change the hearts and minds of people. Because one thing that I've noticed is that racism, prejudice, that it can't stand against contact. So if a person, you know, was a Trump supporter, another person was a Biden supporter, once they have conversation and um, break bread, essentially, there's, they realize at the end of the day, there's two people who see the same, the different sides of the same coin, you know, they feel like this is the best way to achieve happiness, success and protection for our families, as opposed to this way to achieve the same goal. But, um, you know, people who are, we're still, and I don't know if you all are going to see or have seen, um, Judas and the black Messiah with, um, Dale Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield, but um, that's just like a small part that just actually came out on HBO Max uh, last week, week four, something like that. But um, but that just is a small piece that just shows how we try to move forward and do our own thing. But there are people in power who sees who will always see us as a threat. Like me just being alive is a threat to somebody else's existence. And so that's why we're treated as such. And so I can say, yes, we need to have more diversity, but I think there just needs to be acknowledgement from all parties mm-hmm. that we're human. I, th- I think politics feeds into it too, because, you know, f- funny you bring up the, the Trump thing, you know, like there, there were black Trump supporters. There was Latino Absolutely. Yes. supporters. But this, this weird thing that's come about is, they're 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 racists or you know the 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 biden thing is they're communists you know it's just weird how we attach these these things to political opinion and like you can have like the most like non-racially discriminating guy on the planet he could be a trump supporter for all we know yeah he's out if he's out there or she um but like straight away that that thing is is there um i wonder does, does politics feed into it a fair bit I, especially, especially in these last uh, couple of years, absolutely. Um, I know, I know. In Ireland, we, we like, uh, I'm a business student. Um, you know, we, 
we have laws against the discrimination on like several several different grounds you know mm-hmm. um i guess age um sexuality uh member of the traveling community pregnant blah 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 there's, there's, there's a bunch of there's seven of them and um yeah religion race whatever um but is there, is there something not like that in the states like because i know recently like there was this thing about like you can't discriminate against i think trans people or lgbtq people yeah so the like do you guys not have like protection like that in the workplace or is it just more of a so cultural thing? it's finicky the way they want to uh they want to apply it so there is uh, there are certain protections like there are, so we have the um affirmative action plan which were which um looked at people who were not white and but who still had the qualifications um to make it into uh school business whatever it is right and that's like their diversification um the other thing was okay cool um the other thing was the civil rights act i believe it was that um where we didn't have where we didn't have um discrimination but even in today because people are discriminated like i said against the hair or um Which or is even really weird. Hair it, hair it's hair. a weird it's a weird thing but uh wearing an afro or wearing locks or having uh if you can pull off an afro do it it is so listen. cool to see <laughs> I'm glad you think like that, but there are some people who say, uh, you need to straighten it. You need to like, or you need to, you need to pull it back or not wear it so big or whatever the case may be. Um, there were, we well, recently, happy people. Like, they're, they're um, conscious of their own thing. I want to say it was as recent. It was, I know it was in the last three years, at least in the last three years that we've had people. Um, I think she, I think that she lost the suit actually. We do have the Civil Rights Act, but there are still issues where in, in the last three years, we had um, cases where a woman had brought the, uh, the corporation to court to sue them because they discriminated against her because of her locks. So it's- so Can we, you do that in the States? Like, can you like tell employees like high tat, high tattoos, keep your hair a certain way. Because I know our schools, they can do like lads. Yeah, no, no facial piercings. Uh, so I couldn't wear this um, in certain places, like if I wanted to get hired. So That's no nice. facial piercings. Thank you. Um, no visible tattoos. Um, you know, your hair cannot be. How did they word it? Your hair cannot be an unnatural color. That's fair. Well, I guess it's at the employer's discretion. Like you do, kind of pick who's in your in your place. Mm-hmm. Like Thomas is fired the second his hair goes green, but the second it starts blue, he gets the promotion. <laughs> that has this. I'm this kind of this promotion sounds great. Hmm? I said I'm not getting paid. It's a promotion. Oh, you're not But yeah, so it's culture here is quite weird. Uh, it's Absolutely. it's it's very um, very different, I think. Um, but I do love learning about other people's cultures. I've been trying to for the last like two and a half years, um, and then the pandemic happened. Uh, visit Ireland because 
I really want to go. Um, Give us a shot when you end up here. Yeah, I don't know. How, how big is Ireland, actually? Tiny. Uh, Tiny. Smaller than New York State. Seriously? That's not a joke. That's, that's serious. It's like the size of like Hawaii and New Jersey combined, I think. And Hawaii is tiny. Yeah. Yeah. I know like, we're, we're, we're a little speck, a little green speck. Um, but uh, we're a pretty one. I, but like our, our, our conversation here has, has been great. Like, you know, when you're bringing up these, these things about like your, your experience or I guess the African-American experience in, in the States, you know, I'm a big history buff. So like I, I think back to like, what was our equivalent to blank, you know, like in, in, in recent history, like what atrocities have been committed and blah, blah, blah. Um, and it, it makes me wonder, like, how, how come, like, so, so much forgotten, like there's so, there's so many things that happened to African-Americans back in the day, it's just forgotten, or even Native Americans, uh, all groups even, <laughs> you know, and some of them are, are, just, are just forgotten, but some stick around, like, Ireland's never going to forget about the famine. Slavery, yeah. Slavery's never going to be forgiven. Um, what else? Um, the Spanish Inquisition, uh, probably never going to be forgiven as well. You know, stuff like that. The ge genocide of Ukrainians in Ukraine under the Soviet Union, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, we live in a rough world. It's weird. But like, yeah, we're, we're podcasters. But I... we, we got it down. <laughs> But I think that um, one thing that I look forward to is the incremental change that we've seen. And the, it's the incremental change that stays that helps us to keep like looking for the bright spots, keep moving forward and keep hmm. impacting people in a positive way. But I appreciate y'all for coming in, having a conversation with me. Please let people know uh, where they can find you. Thomas. Oh, you, you can talk. Um, <laughs> so if you want to find us, you can find us at Awfully Irish under most things. Um, we have Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, obviously YouTube. We're available on all, all podcasting sites. Um, yeah, normally we don't talk about things as deep as this, but obviously it's an important, it's an important conversation. Um, normally we talk to actors, comedians, uh, scientists, blah, 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 people with unique experiences normally. So... You can check us out there, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure to follow us on Take Up Space Pod at Twitter, Facebook, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, and Champions of Discourse on YouTube. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great one.